I'm just picking too, by the way. I'll make anybody mad. Don't bother me. No, I'm done. I've done learned y'all going to be mad either way. So. I don't want y'all to hear what I said and I got the wrong way. I'm going to preach whatever the Lord gives me. It don't matter if it makes you mad or not. That being said, hold on. But uh, uh, I've been told I need to clarify some things. So uh, whenever I stand up here and say that I don't want to do this, I don't want to confuse nobody. Uh, my spirit aches to preach. Uh, but my flesh does not want to. So when I say that, don't take it the wrong way. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I've honestly got a little bit discouraged the past few weeks uh, because I ain't been able to preach. Because uh, well, nobody has invited me to preach, I'll put it that way. Uh, I'm able to preach, unlike our pastor here. Uh, so shame on me for getting discouraged because nobody's invited me to preach, and here he stands every Sunday, he ain't even got no vocal cords preaching. Uh, so I thank the Lord for what he's done for me. Uh, but uh, just needed, I was told I needed to clarify. So uh, don't think I don't want to preach because I do. Uh, we're going to start in Zephaniah 1. Sweating, yeah. mm. Might have to. All right. Uh, I'll go ahead and give you my title. Uh, if it confuses you, just wait a second. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, my title is Welfare Christians. Uh, so we'll go ahead and start reading in Zephaniah. Uh, this, this whole passage of scripture here, uh, Babylon is coming in to destroy Jerusalem. Uh, the Lord is Lord has taken his hand off of Jerusalem and Babylon is coming in to destroy him. So we'll go ahead and start reading. I don't want to get ahead of myself. We'll go ahead and start reading. It says, The word of the Lord which came unto Zephaniah, the son of Cushai, the son of Yedaliah and the son of Amariah, the son of Hiskai, and the days of Josiah, and the son of Ammon, king of Judah. I will utterly consume all things from off the land, said the Lord. I will consume man and beast. I will consume the fowls of the heaven and the fishes of the sea and the stumbling blocks with the wicked. And I will cut off man from off the land, saith the Lord. I will also stretch out mine hand upon Judah and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and I will cut off the remnant of Baal from this place. And the name of the Chimerims with the priests, and them that worship the host of heaven upon the housetops, and them that worship and, sw and that swear by the Lord, and that swear by Malcolm, and them that are turned back from the Lord, and those that have not sought the Lord nor inquired for him. Hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is at hand, and for the Lord hath prepared a sacrifice. He hath bid his guests, and it shall come to pass in the day of the Lord's sacrifice that I will punish the princes and the king's children and all such as are clothed with strange apparel. In the same day also will I punish all those that leap on the threshold, which fill their master's houses with violence and deceit. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord, that there shall be 
the noise of a cry from the fish gate and a howling from the second and a great crashing from the hills. How ye inhabitants of Mactesh, for all the merchant people are cut down, all they that bear silver are cut off. And it shall come to pass at the time that I will search Jerusalem with candles and punish the men that are settled on their lees that say in their heart, The Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. Uh, now we'll jump to uh, chapter 2. It says, Gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation not desired. Before the decree, bring forth, before the day pass as a chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Uh, let's see. Make sure I don't miss nothing. Jump to uh, verse 15 in chapter 2. says, This is the rejoicing city that dwelt carelessly, that said in her heart, I am, and there is none beside me. How has she become a desolation, a place for beasts to lie down in? Everyone that passeth by her shall hiss and wag his hand. We'll go back to uh, chapter 1. Verse 12 was kind of where my thought come from. It says, And it shall come to pass at that time, that I will search Jerusalem with candles and punish the men that are settled on their lees. I looked that up and uh, settled on their lees. That means they're in complacency. So it says, we'll, we'll switch it out there. Verse 12 it says, And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with candles and punish the men that are settled in complacency, that say in their heart, The Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. Uh, we're at a point. That we're just complacent. We're fine with what we've got. We're going to sit back and think, well, Lord's blessed. You know, if, if he does good, fine. He ain't going to do us no harm. He ain't going to do no evil to us. We've been his children for so long. Everything's, everything's good for us. Uh, Jerusalem was his own people. And he sent in yeah. Babylon to destroy them. Because they were complacent. Uh, so uh, my title, here you go. Welfare Christians. We've become complacent. We don't want to work. We, we say we want the power of God, but we don't want to work for it. Don't want to put any forth any effort for it. We just sit on down and wait for a handout. Sit on down and wait for a payday. We think, well, we're Christians now. Lord's coming back one of these days, and we'll get our payday. You ain't gonna be saved by works, but once you're saved, you need to be doing some works. We a bunch of we want to fuss about the world sucking the government dry. Are we sitting here sucking the the Lord dry? bunch of welfare Christians just want to sit down and do nothing, expect a payday and a handout. Amen. This is where they were at. They were complacent. They thought, well, everything's good. Lord ain't going to do. Lord ain't going to do good. Ain't going to do evil. Everything's fine. But judgment's coming. The Lord is looking for people that's working, not complacent, sitting down waiting for a handout. Not just sitting around waiting, well, Lord, why didn't you come show us? Why didn't you come visit with us today? Why didn't you come give, why didn't you come give us what we was asking for? You ain't worked for it. That's why. You ain't put forth any effort. You ain't put forth no work for the Lord, and we expect to hand out and expect Him to give us something. A bunch of welfare Christians. I was listening to Bill Sunday, and he was talking about how he didn't he didn't know why he was going through this trial. He didn't know why his voice was doing this thing. I sit there in my truck thinking, well, if nothing else, it's for me. If nothing else, it's for the example that He set for me, for TJ, for Daddy, 
for all us preachers. If nothing else, it's for example. Son gets shot, he's here. Hip replacement, he's here walking down the middle aisle with a walker. Heart attack, he's here. Can't even talk, but he's here preaching. Ain't that, ain't that been an example to somebody? I don't think he's complacent with what he's got. I think he wants the power of God. He don't just say he wants the power of God and kick back and wait on it. I believe he's put some work, put some effort into it so he can have the power of God. I've learned recently that I can't just try and get right on Sunday and Wednesday and have the power of God. I can't just expect to get up on Sunday or Wednesday when I ain't done nothing for the Lord all week and have the power of God about me. It ain't just because, well, I've got to preach on Sunday and I've got to preach on Wednesday. I better be right. No, I better be right all the time or I ain't going to have no power about me. I ain't going to have nothing. If I ain't getting no payday myself, how am I going to give somebody else something? If I ain't getting nothing from the Lord, how am I going to give somebody else something? If I ain't got no power about me, how can we go out here and get somebody saved? You know why ain't nobody getting saved in Mount Vernon Church? Past? Well, we had a couple young people. But you know why ain't nobody, oh, any adults? How old was you? 26? Larry, how old was you? A long time ago, wasn't it? 26? How old was you, Butch? 23. When's the last time we seen somebody 20 and up get saved in Mount Vernon Church? You know why? Because Bill's too busy trying to keep us in line and kick our hind ends back in line where we need to be to preach to the lost people. We can't get nobody saved because we ain't got no power about us and Bill's trying to give it to us because don't take us the wrong way. I know I appreciate the prison ministry. I appreciate those of y'all that does do things. And I hate getting up here and everybody always thinks I'm fussing. Everybody always thinks I'm fussing at them or mad at them or y'all won't do this, won't do that. And Wednesday night I wasn't fussing. I just wanted y'all to get in on the good. I ain't always fussing, but there's better things for us than just being complacent and sitting around waiting on a payday. We're just sitting around doing nothing. You know why Bill's got to preach to the church all the time? Because we're complacent. We're happy with what we've got. We don't want nothing else. We're fine with just being our family saved. We're fine. We're just going to kick back and relax and forget the world. Forget the work that we got to do. You know why? The devil is real good at his job because we've quit ours. Bell was out there working, we just kicked back, relaxed, and got complacent. That's why everything's so hard for us. That's why it's so hard to fend off the devil. That's why it's so hard for us to live right. It's because we ain't worked for it. That's why we ain't got the power of God about us, because we ain't worked for it. We've got complacent, kicked back, relaxed. If I didn't, if I didn't go work at Carolina Generators, how long do you think I'd last? A lot of y'all know Brad Harrison. How long do you think he put up with that? Maybe. Maybe. If I didn't do my job, I'd be fired. But we expect to come in church, expect the Lord to keep blessing, expect to keep getting things from the Lord and not do nothing for it. We've confused God's grace and mercy and blessings for God's power. These little services we've been having, it's just God still blessing. It ain't God's, I've seen God's power in this place before. You know why we ain't got it? We got two or three that'll work for it, and we got another hundred that just come in here complacent. That's why we ain't got. That's why people ain't getting saved. That's why we don't see things happen because we ain't worked for it. We ain't put forth no effort. Just kick back and relax, expect to hand out, expect the payment. I've heard some of y'all, Todd. I appreciate the example you were telling me. I, I pray right there, right behind you, every time you pray. Lord, mercy, I feel the spirit. Don't y'all? Every time Todd opens his mouth to pray, Lord, mercy. Him standing right here crying, asking for prayer for his daddy, that run all over me. You know why? I think he puts in some effort. Right. 
I think he puts forth some work so he can have the power of God. So he's got something. When he prays for his kids, he's got something to go with. He ain't going empty-handed to the Lord. He's got something. He's got something he can carry. You know why Bill and Janet, some of these elders are still here? Because they've worked for it. They put forth some effort for it. You know why TJ's back? Because some of us put forth effort. That's why he's back. He ain't back because we're sitting here just complacent. Well, TJ's just, he's going crazy. Just let him, let him go. What would have happened? Look, look now. Look, TJ, Tiffany, Sally, called to preach back there teaching in the teenage class. Some of y'all's kids, you ought to be thankful. Some works went into it. We ain't just got complacent. Mount Vernon got complacent. Afraid we have. I, I wasn't a question. I'm afraid we have. That was a statement. As a whole, there's a few, don't get me wrong, but as a whole, we've gotten complacent. We're happy with what we've got. Kick back in Jerusalem, taking all the blessings of the Lord and say, well, we don't really need His power. Everything's going pretty good. Judgment's coming. Jerusalem didn't know Babylon was coming, but it was coming. Hey, Zephaniah was prophesying this thing to happen. It wasn't happening. He wasn't writing it down as it was happening. He was prophesying it. It hadn't happened yet. He was trying to warn Jerusalem what was going to happen. And they just, ah, everything's good. Everything's good. Everything's fine. What are you talking about? You're crazy. Lord's still blessing. He very well may be, but I want his power. I appreciate and I love his blessings and his mercy and his grace that he gives me. But man, when I get in that power, when I get close to that fire, when I can feel his breath, all this singing, all these things that's happened this evening, when we can feel that on the inside, get them goosebumps, ain't that nice? Ain't that wonderful? When we can still feel him, still know he's there and feel his power, know there's something behind it, not just, well, we're going to go to church tonight. It's Wednesday. Hopefully we'll get up by 9 o'clock. Hopefully everything will go okay. We'll get out of there at a decent time. Are we here to see something happen? We're here to see the power of God come down. We'll see a lot of people get saved. We'll see things happen in our life and be able to say, yeah, I know what happened right there. I know what happened on April 16, 2011. I want to feel that again. I want to get close enough where I can feel His power. Feel, feel what He's got on the inside, not just, well, I, Lord's calling me to preach. Something I found out real, real recently. Uh, Everybody thinks preachers are just supposed to be way up here. And y'all ain't going to say nothing about that. Okay. Uh, everybody thinks preachers are supposed to be way up here. And don't get me wrong, I have held him. Been a great example. I ain't trying to blow his head up. So it's been a great example for me. And great pastor for this church. Y'all can like it or leave it. But everybody thinks preachers are supposed to be so much better than everybody else. I've heard it. It's hard. I ain't been. I ain't announced my call six weeks ago. It's hard to tell how many times I've already heard that. Well, you preacher now. You supposed to do better than that. Well, you preacher now. Ain't you supposed to be happy all the time? All kinds of crazy stuff. But what I found out is I'm still the same exact man. Still got the same exact temptations. Still got the same exact flesh. All it is, I know. I've, if I want anything to happen right here. It's got to be through God, and I've got to put in some work to have His power. If I want anything about me or my ministry to be any good whatsoever, I've got to put some work in. There's going to be times I'm going to have to put my wife and youngest to the side and say, sorry, I've got some work I've got to do. I've got something I've got to do for God if I want to be able to go up there and preach tonight. 
I've got some stuff I've got to go do, go do for the Lord if I want any power about me. If I want to see, maybe somebody will get saved while I'm preaching. I don't know. But if I even want to come close to that, I've got to put some work in. I've got to have some effort. I've got to put something behind it. Not just sit back and say, well, Lord, ain't you supposed to bless me? I announce my call to preach. Ain't that dumb? But ain't that how we are? That's every one of us. We'll get to a certain spot and then we'll think, well, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, I've been teaching for a couple of years. Yeah, that's pretty good. And the Lord say, preach. <laughs> Crazy. No, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Try to get complacent. Didn't want to put forth any more work. Didn't want to put forth any more effort. That's what it was. It wasn't that I was, well, I mean, I was afraid. I was terrified. But I didn't want to have to put it forth any more work. I knew I was going to be held to a higher standard. I knew things was going to be different for me. But I didn't want to have to put forth any more extra work. Well, Lord, I'm trying to read a whole lot and study and get everything ready for teen class. I, I don't know if I can do that. And then never a time. Every time I've had to stand, every time I've had to do anything, there's been something there for me. Every time I say I can't, he says I can. Every time I think I can't do nothing, he said, I'll do it for you. I'll work through you for you. All you got to do is put forth a little effort. All you got to do, do is put forth a little, little work for me and just watch me go. Watch me work. Oh, I don't even know where I'm at now. Uh, 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 Revelations 12. I might have stole this from Bill Sunday, but I'd be all right. Verse 11. There it was. I found it. It says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Um, now we'll go jump to uh, James 4, 7. Everybody knows this verse. It says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Uh, we really like that second part of it. Yeah. Oh, every one of us can say, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Every one of us can say that part of it. If it wasn't nothing more than just to resist the devil, and he'd flee, then none of us would ever fall in sin. Right. I don't ever want to sin. I don't ever want to do bad. Right. But unless I've submitted myself to God, the devil, keeps, he keeps a knocking. Right. Just the first time I say no, he don't go away. It ain't just magic. But now if I do that first part, submit yourselves therefore to God, period. So there's one whole sentence. And it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That word submit, it means to accept or yield to a superior force or the will of another person. That ain't just being complacent and sitting around don't sound like to me. Submit yourself. You know why we stay so mad at each other and so just down and out and falling, keep falling in sin? We ain't been doing no submitting, don't sound like. Amen. Ain't been doing no work. Ain't been doing nothing for the Lord. Ain't submitting ourselves to God. Believe. We want to do what we want to do and then get complacent and wonder why things is happening. Yeah. Lord, why do I keep falling in this ditch? Lord, what, what's going on? Well, heck fire. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's a pretty simple answer right there. Amen. If it was just resisting, I wouldn't have no problem. Right. Easy peasy. But then it's submit yourselves, therefore, to God. 
Sounds like we got to do some stuff that we don't want to do. Sounds like we ain't going to have a choice. Sounds like he's going to make us do some things that we don't want to do, but I do, so nobody get mad at me. There's going to be some stuff that we don't want to do, some work that we don't want to do, but that we've got to do. You know why the devil likes us being mad at each other? It's a whole lot easier to pick off one by one. You know, the whole Lord left the 99 to go after the one. It's because he knew the 99 was fine. The wolf wasn't going to go after the 99. Herd stronger together. But he gets TJ mad at Brett and Brett mad at Daddy. And then they're all fussing and fighting and go their separate ways. Well, he picks them off one by one by one. The other 99 is still over here just fine. Wolf ain't going to go after a whole herd. We all together, the wolf ain't going to come after us. We submitting ourselves to God and going down God's path all together. He ain't going to come in here. But now we get a couple stragglers here and there. He'll pick them off the first chance he gets. Don't believe it. Look around. Don't believe it. Look at all these empty pews. Don't believe it. Think back to some of the people that used to be here and ain't no more. What do you reckon happened? Oh, well, the Lord led them somewhere else. And maybe so for a few of them. Or maybe they started straggling behind and instead of us stopping and saying, well, we need to put in some work, let's go help them. We just said, well, they'll be fine. We're complaining. We're okay. We don't need to do no work. We don't just leave them alone. They're fine. They'll, they'll be back eventually. And the wolf tears them apart, kills them. Now they're gone. I can think about 10 right now off the top of my head that what if we would have stepped in and put in a little bit of work? Instead of just, well, they got mad, just let them go. They'll be fine. Some of them, yeah, just they weren't going to do nothing anyhow. There's going to be a hindrance more than there was a help. And that's something you've got to pray and seek and ask God about, not just decide for yourself. We don't get to choose who hurts and who helps the church. We don't get to choose where people go. So before you start running your mouth and kicking people out of the herd and killing them, pray about it. Ask the Lord. You know why I was getting so down and out about not being able to preach? I had prayed and told, told the Lord week after week, lay somebody on Bill's heart. And he did. Amen. Every week. He gave you somebody a text, didn't he? He answered my prayer. I didn't say, Lord, open doors for me so I can go preach. How dumb am I to think, well, Lord, why can't I preach nowhere? Well, I wasn't praying for him to open no doors. Ain't no wonder. Instead of looking what's wrong with everybody else, then I said, Lord, what's wrong with me? Lord, why ain't you sending me nowhere to preach? What's wrong with me? Not, well, Lord, why ain't you opening no doors for me? Why ain't you sending me nowhere? What's wrong with me? What am I not doing right? What am I not doing for you to send me places? How many times we look at everybody else when everybody else is doing instead of saying, well, Lord, what's wrong with me? Lord, is it them or is it me? Are we just ready to kick him out the herd and say, well, we all complacent. Mount, Mount Vernon is still pretty good, and we are. Mm. But I see. About probably 10 empty pews worth if we moved everybody. Well, actually, probably about this whole side if we moved everybody over there. Probably about this whole right side would be empty. Are we doing any work? Sure don't look like it. Where is the fruit of our labor? We've got it right here. Here's the fruit of our labor. You know why? Because we ain't been doing nothing. 
keep back, relax, and think, oh, everything's good, but judgment's coming, and we don't even know it. Babylon is coming to destroy us because we ain't doing what the Lord has told us to do, and we still just kick back and think everything's fine. Mount Vernon kicks I think TJ said that Todd's uh, testified one time this church is deceiving, that so many that go out make it back. And it ain't because Mount Vernon is so great or people can make it back so easy. Because we've been praying for them. Is that power still here? We still got that power that drawed Larry away from being a drunk. Drawed TJ back in from being a drug addict. We still got that power. Don't look like it. Don't look like we're doing the work that we've been supposed to be doing. I told y'all before I started to hold on. It ain't my fault. Are we complacent? We happy with what we got? I know I am a whole lot of times. Happy with what I got. Then, then the Lord said, do you really want my power or do you just say you do? You really want to put in some work and effort and have what you say you want or you just want to say you want it and kick back and not do nothing for it? We just kick back waiting on payday or we working for it? Putting in some effort for it. Everything we do is going to be marked down whether we do or whether we don't. Everything is written down. What's it going to show? You going to have enough on your time sheet to make it in? Are you going to say, well, Lord, are you still blessing? Everything was going pretty good. But you didn't do nothing for me. You didn't work for it. You didn't do nothing for me after I saved your soul, after I gave everything I had for you. Then you just got complacent and sat around and didn't do nothing. Um, yeah, Revelation, we're going to go back to it. Revelation 12, 11. It says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. How many weeks has Larry stood up here and asked me about his spiritual birthday and ain't nobody said nothing? We had 146 people last Sunday, 104 before that, and about 100 every week. There's 52 weeks in a year. We're here just about every Sunday. So that is at least 5,200 times that ain't nobody got no spiritual birthdays. That's pretty hard to believe. Ain't nobody got nothing to say. Ever. There's a few of you that do. I mean, I, I know, I get it. But man, there's a whole lot of gaps in between there. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. There's the first part. That's when you got saved. And then, oh, look right there. And by the word of their testimony. There's about maybe six or seven people in here that I know your uh, spiritual birthdays. Y'all know mine. I just said a few minutes ago. You go and listen. That ain't my fault. I don't believe it's getting told quite enough. I don't believe we're using our testimony quite enough. The Lord has given us power to overcome, and we refuse to use it. 
We refuse to use it. He ain't done nothing. He ain't left us. He ain't forsook us. He's still right there. Even when we don't work for him, he still blesses us. When you was backslid, look at your life now. Ain't he blessed? Even when you wasn't in his will, he was still blessing. We good with that or we want his power? He's give us the power to overcome. The wolf that likes to pick us off one by one, we can choose whether we want to be mad at somebody or not. We can choose whether we hold grudges at somebody or not. We can choose whether who we're aggravated at or what we want to do from day to day. It's a lot harder to hold a grudge and stay mad at somebody than it is just to let it go. It's real easy just to let it go and forget about it. Your whole life will change. Everything will be different. It's like a, a weight has been lifted off of you because you forgive somebody else. Ain't that crazy how that works? Amen. But instead, we like to hold on to it, stay mad at each other, and then wonder why one by one by one we're getting killed off the herd. God has given us power to overcome this junk. We just refuse to use it. We refuse to put forth any work. You know why when things come, come to us? And things come about in our life, and we can't get rid of it, can't get away from it, the devil keeps on coming, because we ain't put forth no work. He ain't going to give us his power unless we work for it. It ain't just going to be there. It ain't just going to show up. He ain't just going to give us his power every time the devil shows up. That's why we say so beat down all the time, because we refuse to use the power that God's given us. That's why he's picking us off one by one. That's why we went from 150 to almost 200 before COVID to this. Y'all remember what Mount Vernon was like two years ago? We can be there again, but then, well, we're just going to have live stream. Well, we ain't going to have Sunday nights no more. Ah, We can't have Wednesday nights for a while. And everybody got complacent. Everybody got lazy. Well, I can make it without going on Sunday night. Well, I can make it pretty good without going on Wednesday night. Hey, I don't need to be there at Sunday school. That's just, nah, that's extra. I can be there for about an hour on Sunday. That'd be good enough. And then wonder why we fall in a trap. Wonder why things is going so bad at our house. Wonder why everything looks like it's going in the wrong directions. When you go away from God, things ain't going to be pretty. When you've known his grace and known his power and don't stay in it, what do you think is going to happen? It ain't going to stay the same. If Bill asked me to preach, which he actually asked Shania first. But <laughs> apparently, he's, apparently he's got our phone number switched up. So I, just, I just told him I had a secretary to take all my calls. But if Bill asked me to preach and I hadn't done nothing, I had something I thought for like two weeks. I was just waiting. And then yesterday, everything changed. And then this morning, Bill, called, or Bill texted Shania. And then Shania told me. I had about 45 minutes more heads up than TJ did. So. But uh, if he'd asked me and I said, yeah, I'll take the service. That's fine. I'll do it. Yeah. Yep. And I hadn't read. I hadn't studied. I hadn't prayed. And I got up here, and all y'all looking at me, I just stood here and did nothing. And I just went on, just 
Well, I ain't done nothing, Lord. Where you at? Well, Lord, I ain't, I ain't read. I don't know what scripture you want me to go to. I didn't pray about it. I didn't ask you. Just go ahead and give me something. That way I can preach real quick and be done. You reckon that's going to work? Yeah. Or just go look something up 10 minutes before church and sit back here in the sound room trying to scribble everything down and put something together of myself. You know how far I'd go? About right there, that wagon full of choir books. I might as well have turned around and went home if I was going to do that. Anything good I do is because of Jesus. Everything I've got is because of Jesus. If I choose to use his power, he'll bless me a little bit more. If I choose not to, he'll whoop me for it. And I'll figure out how dumb I am. And then I'll fall flat on my face and wonder what's happened. And I'll say, I told you. You got complacent. And now look at you. Now look where you're at. Now you've been destroyed. But nothing left of Jerusalem after Babylon got done. Anything going to be left of Mount Vernon when judgment comes? Or are we all just going to be kicked back, complacent, waiting on our payday? Sitting here just thinking, Lord, just bless me. Open up in pearly gates today, something about earlier, just let me in. I ain't done nothing for you, but I, I love you. I thank you. I say, I'm sorry, who are you? I ain't got no record of you. I ain't seen where you've done nothing for me. I'm sorry, I don't know you. If Brett showed up at Carolina Generators tomorrow morning, Brett, who are you? Why are you here? I don't know you. You reckon he's going to let him hop in one of them work trucks and start going to work? I highly doubt it. It's a whole lot of money in one of them trucks. You reckon that the Lord's going to let us sit down here and do a whole lot of nothing? I guess right here, after he gave everything that he had for us. You think there's a whole lot of money in that work truck? He gave us his only son. He gave us everything that he had. And we think, well, I give 10% tithes. That's pretty good. What about the other 90%? I'm supposed to give the Lord everything. I ain't saying give me your whole paycheck. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. You need to at least be giving 10%. At least. Then the other 90%, I believe that might come from our, uh, our works, don't you reckon? The fruit of our labor. You know why ain't nobody here other than Mount Vernon's core crowd? I don't reckon we've invited nobody. And if we have, we ain't done enough to have the power of God about us. We're like, yeah, I reckon, I reckon you're right. There might be something about that Jesus man you're talking about. Might be something to this thing. Let me come see what that's about. Or they're going to think, yeah, you crazy. I ain't going to church. What do I go to church for? I'm just as good as you are. Ain't y'all heard that before? I wonder why. What have we showed them? I ain't got no power of God about us, and we just the same as they are. What's different about us if we ain't got no power of God about us? We still the same old flesh and dirt. If we ain't got the power of God about us, then what's different? What's different? talked to a man this week he said uh, most preachers are liars and cheaters and uh, even seen one fake cry one time and I know who he was talking about and I know exactly when he was talking about because I was here it was a wedding right here in this church right here where he was standing he said I even I seen him fake cry one time and I thought 
It was you. Just It was Bill. He's talking about Bill. And I thought, what are you talking about? I was there at that wedding. That wasn't fake, man. That was the love that he had for two of his children that was up here getting married. That wasn't fake. You know why he thinks that? He ain't never experienced that before. He don't know that love. And his mind is going to tell him anything it can to try and discredit that man right there. If you got any power of God about you, they're going to do everything they can. The devil will tell them anything he can to discredit you. So you, they can tell themselves that, no, nah, they're, they're crazy. Ain't nothing right about that. There's, whatever they can tell themselves to try and discredit you, they'll do it. But if we've got enough power about us and we've done enough work, we've done enough things for the Lord, and I believe it'll break that barrier they try and put up. I believe it'll break that barrier the devil tries to put up and makes lost people think we're crazy. You know why they can come here every Sunday, sit and listen to preaching? Because Bill's having to kick our hind in and try and get us back in line, for one. And they've been able to put up that barrier and ain't none of us got enough power about us to break it. Devil's put up that wall. Ain't nobody got enough power to break it. Bill can't do it all himself. Butch can't do it all himself. They can't. Butch has got the prison ministry. He said he had eight confessions to jail last night. That's pretty good if you ask me. Bill's a pastor. He can't do everything. I don't know how he does it. No idea. You know how he, I know how he does it. I know exactly how he does it. Because he puts in some work and some effort. And God gives him grace and power. That's how he does it. You know how we beat the devil and get him off our back and are able to have some power about us? We put in some work. Put in some effort. Do something. When did we get so far away to where we announced that uh, Church Fellowship Day is October 29th, by the way, before I forget. It's not October 30th. Write that down, Larry. <laughs> uh, Trying to schedule some events to get our church closer together and do some things in the community. Well, why do we do so much? What? Why are we always doing something? Why? Man, you just went and sang, and man, we've had revival. And now you want to, ladies' breakfast is every Saturday, and now you want to have something else on Saturday. Don't you know that's my only day off? Well, I, I think if we uh, have some fellowship and fall back in love with one another on Saturday, then when we come in here on Sunday, ain't nobody going to be mad at each other. Ain't nobody going to be fussing with each other. And guess what? We'll be in one mind and one accord. I feel like that's Bible somewhere. What do you reckon will happen to all them lost people? You reckon they'll feel a little bit out of place when all of us, when the whole herd is together, not straggled here and there and yonder? Don't you reckon they'll be like, what's going on? What the heck? You feel that? What's that? That's the power of God. I know you ain't felt it in a while, but it's back. I love y'all, I do, I promise. I'm sorry. But if we want the power back, we want people to get saved, we want our kids to stay right, we want our family members to get saved, they're going to take some work. We can't just show up to church on Sunday and Wednesday and not do nothing the rest of the time and expect the Lord to do anything. 
You know why Scotty's back in here? Been some work, some effort put forth. He wasn't just well. He's went crazy, Lord. Had just have your way with him. Been some work, been some firewood split, thrown on that thing. Some effort, some work been put in on it. Not just come in here and ask everybody else to pray for him and forget about him. Take some work to have the power of God. We ain't just gonna have it. it ain't just gonna be there. He'll bless us and he'll love us. But don't you want the power back? You remember when we used to go witness to people and they come to church and then get saved? Wasn't that great? Now we try and get a visitation trip going. It lasts about three weeks and it fizzles out and nobody shows up. I know Saturday's the only day off. It's my only day off too. Boo-hoo. Yeah. I reckon the Lord will bless it, don't you? We give the only day that we've got off to the Lord, not just Sunday and Wednesday, but a Saturday to go visit people. What was it, Lane? Was it 10 or 12 last week? Committed suicide. Last week, Surrey County committed suicide. Yeah, I think there was 12 people last week combined there last week in Surrey County that committed suicide. How many of y'all heard about that before just now? Mm -hmm. Every day, right here, overdoses, suicides. Preachers are going to visit houses with maggots and babies' diapers. Nanny and Granny fuss when mine's sagging just a little bit. Heck fire. <laughs> Go change that baby's diaper. It's sagging. <laughs> and Bill goes to somebody's house that's got maggots in their baby's diaper. Yeah. You know the only difference between them and us? That one day there was a man named Jesus come by. You know what? You know how we're going to change their lives? Have a little bit of power. Have a little bit of that man named Jesus on the inside of us. And not just being complacent, kick back, relax, doing what we want to do, and just let everybody else run off into hell. When we're going to learn, it takes a little bit of work, it takes a little bit of effort. It don't just come. I think another way this church is deceiving, as I grew up here in the early 2000s, and man, it was every service. It's the power of God fell. And what happened is a bunch of these saints of God died off and nobody else picked up the mantle. Nobody else was willing to work for it. Some of these other people that would pray and bring the power left and we just left it alone. Nobody else was willing to do anything about it. Nobody else was willing to take up a mantle and say, I'll fill in the gap, I'll fill in the hedge. I'll pray. I'll do a little bit more. I'll do a little bit more work. We just let it go. Let it ride. And now here we sit in Jerusalem about to be destroyed. Because we're kicked back and complacent. Just Surrey County. If we could just focus on just Surrey County. What do you reckon would happen? If we went and started showing people some Jesus. Showing them some love. Having the power about us. Showing them there's something different. 
Not just saying that we want it, not just saying we go to church, not just saying we do these things, but have the power about us and they know before we even get there. They can see it on us. Was it Paul? Paul's shadow? Was it Peter? I can't remember. Peter's shadow saved 3,000 people. Just his shadow. They just had to touch the garment of Jesus and they could be healed. Still ain't changed. Me and Tito talking about earlier, the only thing that was on Jesus' mind was the lost people and God's will for his life. That was the only thing on Jesus' mind. You reckon why, that's ha- why he had some power about him? He was still flesh. He could still choose what he wanted to do. He could have chose what he wanted to do and go off that cross and everyone else would be bound for hell. But instead, he said, okay, I'll go. And we say, no, thank you. I'll not go. I'm not going to do that. I ain't going to do that kind of work that you want me to do. I ain't going to put forth no effort. I ain't going to try and read my Bible once a day. You know how we get close? Reading and praying. You know what we don't do? Read and pray. Guilty myself. I ain't, well, I snoozed my alarm three times and I ain't got enough time to read. No. <laughs> Been a lot of late nights lately. Okay, let me know. Instead of me saying, no, I need to go ahead and get up. I need to go set myself, set aside some time to go read and go pray. You know how much different that starts out in my day and how much better my day goes when I do that versus not? A whole lot better. I think it's a whole lot easier to resist the devil on them days too when I start my day off submitting myself to God instead of doing what I want to do, sitting in the kitchen chairs, drinking my coffee, watching Snapchat videos or Facebook videos, whatever it may be. Instead of down there in the basement reading, studying, and praying, it's a big difference. That's some work that's been put in. I don't want to do that. I hate reading. That's my mom and daddy. I got in trouble all through school because I refused to read. Only books I'd read in middle school was Hank the Cow Dog. It was like that big. And I said, some dumb little story about a dog. I hate reading. Can't stand it. But the only way I can feel close to the Lord is to read, is to pray. You know how I get thoughts and places to go and let him lead and guide and direct me is to read and to pray. You know how we're going to have any power about us? Starters, we'll have to read and pray so we actually know what we're talking about. And then go visit people, witness to people, spread the word, not just keep back. Bill's going to bring us a message Sunday. Everything's good. What if he can't? What are we going to do when we come in here on Sunday and Bill can't talk no more? Then what? Just going to look around? Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Are we going to say, that's all right, Bill. Sit down, relax, enjoy it. Somebody else will take care of it. Or are we going to sit back all week and think, well, Bill's got it Sunday and not do yeah. nothing, not put forth any work, not put forth yeah. any effort? For 104 people to come in here, and only three of them have any power about them. I think it will do us no good. I ain't going to do nothing for nobody. I ain't going to help no lost people. I ain't going to call the backslid in. I ain't going to do nothing. Because they're going to think they're just as good as we are. 
They want to think everything's fine. They want to think everything's just, well, they're, they're complacent. I can be too. We've got to have some power about us. We've got to put some, some work and some effort into this thing. We can't just sit back and be complacent and expect the Lord to bless. I guess that means I just need to get louder. Are we happy with what we've got? We're happy with lost people coming here every week and walking right back out? We're happy with our family lost, backslid, dying and going to hell? Or do we want things to change? Do we want things to be different? Do we want God's power? Are we willing to be destroyed? When he comes back, he's going to be looking for some workers. There's another place in there that said he's going to uh, put forth some hunters and fishers. He's going to give us something to do. He's going to give us the work. If we don't do it, it ain't going to be good for nothing. I ain't going to help nobody. ain't going to help nothing if we don't do what the Lord told us to do. We don't give him work. don't give him effort. It'll all be for nothing. We want to see things happen in our family's lives. How many of y'all got lost or backslid in your family? What are you willing to do for them? Just want to be complacent and watch them die and go to hell? You can put, put forth some work and some effort. Having God's power. Bunch of welfare Christians. I love y'all. I'm done, Bill. <laughs>